Hello. Welcome to 12 B- Bar News. Welcome to 12 Bar News, everybody. Uh, tonight, I, Darsh, am standing in as host for the Fox, who is otherwise uh, indisposed at the moment. He's naked. Um, yeah, he's probably naked running through the streets somewhere. But, uh, you know, he'll be back. Uh, he does this from time to time. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's like he's like an old faithful dog. He always comes back home. Yep. Uh, and likewise, always smells a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I can only hope so. Um, likewise, uh, Bullwinkle, uh, he and his wife, uh, they... Uh, had a baby and the baby was delivered last night. So understandably, uh, Bullwinkle will not be joining us today. Um, we decided to give him one day non-paid time off. And yes. later he has to make up for it by shining my shoes. So uh, for this uh, session of 12 Bar News, you are stuck with Darsh and Brave Badger. And uh, you people are just, you're just going to have to deal with it. So I know, I know. It's so sad. Um, let's see what we have on the agenda today. Uh, I think it's we're gonna kick it off with our uh, news segment called "What's Happening." Uh, Badger, I think that you have this one. Why don't you take it away? Yep. So I have a few things to talk about that happens in this week. We have Blink-182 announced a new tour that's getting quite a reaction out there on the, the social waves. Uh, they Because they announced they're going to be touring with Little John. So um, they've done these kind of like pop tours before. But uh, what do you think about that, Darsh? They're going to be touring with Little John? Lil, yeah. Oh, sorry, not Little Lil. Yeah, I, I apologize. Yeah, not Little um, John from Robin Hood. I'm confused by it, to be honest. Uh, but you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, What's his I like think? catchphrase? I always think it's "Yeah, boy," but that's Flavor Flav, right? Uh, so, "Yeah, boy" is Flavor Flav. Um, are you thinking about what? Yeah, what? yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, Chance the Rapper likes him a lot. Well, you remember in high school, people would just walk through the halls. Right. You know. And that was so ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was always those douchebags, too. Yes. It would, you know who you were if yes. you were you know, going around screaming that. And you uh, are still screaming it, most likely. Right. In your um, auto shop or wherever you, you're working. I will now. say that some people are probably screaming it because of the Dave Chappelle uh, skit, right? Which, you know, sort of self parodied it. So uh, you know, he won the uh, Mark Twain. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, congrats uh, for his uh, career in uh, comedy. In comedy, I'm I. To be honest, I'm a little surprised only because his. Uh, work especially his more recent work has been like very controversial uh you know he so speaks is Mark a lot. Twain. i guess so yeah you're right um the the dave Chappelle sh- or Chappelle show was controversial but i don't think it was 
as controversial as his uh, as his more recent material, his or his material. leaving of the Chappelle Show. That's true. Um, but I think we're kind of getting off of the music topic here. I think so. But I'm okay. glad. I'm glad Dave is getting recognized. He's, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, and actually, uh, back to music, he had a bunch of great musical guests back on the on the Chappelle Show. You know, right. he had Kanye. He had Kanye West when back when he was super uh, unheard of, and you know he had uh, Most Deaf, uh, Talib Kweli, nice. uh, a lot of really really great uh, hip hop acts. Yep. So uh, Blink One Eighty Two has something <laughs> yes. to do with that too. Uh, Apparently, I, right. So they're going on tour with uh, Lil John, and they also released a new single today. Uh, did you get to hear that? It's called Blame It On My Youth. I did not. It has like this uh, poppy hook to it. It's like, uh, blame it, blame it on my youth. And it's like so, kind of more electronic, but it has Matt Skiba influence, which I like. You can tell he's in the songwriting process now. I see. So I was about to ask if this was still with Matt Skiba and not Tom DeLonge. No, he's chasing the aliens not- right now, but he'll be back. He, he'll okay. be B-R-I-B. B-R-I-B. BRB. Do you do you know the circumstances of his departure? Do you do you yeah. think he just had had enough or No, he they wanted him to uh they wanted him to sign this 6-month contract that he was going to go touring, but it was right when he was working on this book that was about to be released and he had all these other projects that he's running supposedly with like the Pentagon people and he has his To the Stars Academy. And so he was just like, I can't put everything on hold after all this time just to, for six full months to go on tour with you guys. And this is after he recorded most of that album, or at least wrote the songs with them, even though it was, they never really worked in the studio for years since like, take off your pants and jacket. It's all been, you know, distance. One's in New York, one's in California, that kind of situation. Cause they just couldn't get along. And so all those things combined to him saying he quits, supposedly, but um, he says he didn't quit. So he wants back sometime, but he's glad that somebody's doing his job for him right now. But did you hear they just released, uh, they announced a new album coming out too? I didn't. That's very exciting. Uh, with, Angels with and, Ma- Angels and Airwaves. Oh, Angels and Airwaves did. Okay. Yeah. I did not I, hear I that. thought that was less exciting than than you seem to just think. I, uh, I actually haven't heard angels and airwaves since their first album. Right. uh, And I, I still, I I put that on the other day and I, I forgot. I like some of those songs. They're not bad, but there's like, there's a handful of good songs on there. Yeah. I like boxcar racer too, but yeah. Um, this is a little sample, uh, blame it on my youth. The new blink 182 song. Uh, listen to the chorus. What would you uh, describe that chorus as? It sounds very Blink-182. Yeah, it does. uh, 
But does Apart it sound that, more aggressive? It sounds very produced, but aggressive yeah. at the same time. Yeah, they they describe this album as being very aggressive. And they said if California was like enema of the state, then this one is going to be more like untitled or. Uh, yeah, so more like experimental and aggressive. So we'll see. That, it's that, coming out this that's summer. That's good to hear. Yeah. Unti- Untitled is by far my favorite Blink-182 album. Is I know it? that's blasphemy, but yes, it is. I like Take uh, take Off Your Pants and Jacket and, I mean, uh, and Dude Ranch and, you know. Uh, take take Off Your Enema. Pants and Jacket is amazing. But uh, Enema of the I, State I, was I per- my first one I got, and my parents took it away because I was in, like, fifth grade. Right. And then... For some reason, my uncle gave me uh, a the live album that came out, the Tom, Mark, and Travis show that was like the it was every other thing was like some crude crude joke, like peanut butter with your dog, you know what I'm talking about, and all this other shit, and I was like six, and so my dad sent it back with a nasty letter. Did Enema of the State have? a parental advisory sticker sticker on it it did okay that's what i thought um and it had adam's song uh, right you know all those big hits that they had the what's my age again oh yeah it definitely the uh breakthrough dysentery album of, gary of their career that's my favorite one off of there is first date on Enema of the state, or no? Is that's that take on, off your pants. Take off, yeah. Take off your pants. Okay. Yep. No, put them back on, Jeff. <laughs> uh, sicko. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, everybody, check out their tour. I know um, they on Facebook it showed that they're not playing with Lil John here in Jersey at the PNC, but. Uh, I think they are in Camden. So if that's really what you want to go see, maybe a little collab, go go check it out. Uh, my other news, it's also kind of a concert announcement. It was NoFX announced that they're coming, returning to Punkin' Drublick after famously getting kicked off their own tour that's named after them and was created by Fat Mike for uh, offensive comments. But... Who goes to a NoFX show not expecting to be offended? I mean, last time I went to go see NoFX, he was wearing a dress and no underwear and mooned us. And on top of that, he kept calling El Jefe a rapist and all this other stuff. And somehow what they said was more offensive, which was pretty tame. I mean, no disrespect to the people they offended. It was not a good place to say those comments at all. But... It was more Eric Melvin that said it anyway. Um, all of this you can hear in Fat Mike's interview with the Fader, where um, Fader website, where he talks about uh, how his apology, how he really meant it, about how he, uh, you know, really still doesn't care if he pisses people off, but he says he knows there's a place for it. But uh, yeah, so he's coming back with Punkin Drublick in Canada, and. He slipped in in the press release a jive at Stone Brewery, which was their sponsor last year. 
and uh, by saying that the Canada dates are set in stone, not the brewery. And uh, just check it out if you're a NoFX fan. He also came out with Koki the Clown's new album. Uh, do you know about Koki? I do not know about Koki. Koki is Fat Mike's uh, alter ego. He is a depressed cokehead clown. Um, and he dresses in full makeup for it, the sad clown. And he, uh, you know, it's it's a different sound than no effects. Here's a little part of Punk Rock Saved My Life by Koki the Clown. We're friends and family. He isolated her, so in turn, she isolated me. She went to bars and house parties and left her infant all alone. She joked that it was all right, because in my crib... She left the receiver up. Yeah, so uh, there's a story there. But check it out. I know Darsh is not a huge fan of no effects. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to them. It's just, it's not 100% my thing. Right. But the, the Koki the Clown thing, that kind of reminds me of the, uh, who was the, the clown in Metalocalypse? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> She was, was a Ros- cokehead. Roscoe? Is that Something. the name of the clown? I love Metalocalypse. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a similar kind of kind of vibe. Yeah. Koki the clown goes cool. way back though. Um and yeah, he's every once in a while when when the world needs it, he comes out with a new Koki album. <laughs> and when uh, the world needs it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and then a lot of people are excited about the new Tool album. We've been waiting for a new release date since they haven't came out with a new album in decade or so. And uh, I might be wrong about that. But I know for one person, Alex Gray, the artist behind all the Tool uh, album artwork, was annou- was happy about the announcement that they're coming out with a new album August 30th. He did the cover. Uh, he's he has an amazing museum up in New York. You guys should check out the Cosm of C- uh, Sacred Mirrors. It is a trippy place. Uh, so everybody who's looking forward to the Tool album, August thirtieth, buy it uh, hard copy so that they get some money for it, uh, or don't because he's probably really rich. He has a mohawk. That that's right. that's a sign of wealth. It is. Uh, support the band is uh, what we're trying to say. Yeah, and support our um, podcast. Yes, uh, support us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, didn't Alex Gray also do the uh, Nirvana in Utero cover? Yeah. He well, he uh, did the statue. Oh uh, yes. Uh, so he is. Uh, I met him. Uh, you know, name dropping here. I met him up at his old uh, chapel of the sacred mirrors uh, in New York city. And he gave us a tour of his studio, which was a, his museum that was like handcrafted. It was like this apartment in New York city, but he did all the sculpting inside this beautiful woodwork, all like trippy goes together, statues on the walls. And they had live painting and tattooing at the same time. And, he runs all these cool events throughout the year and his wife is an awesome artist as well. 
and you guys should check out Alex Gray. He's on the Facebook very often. Yeah, his his artwork is incredible, uh, incredibly detailed and huge. Um, yes, uh, and I think he takes um, he, like a lot of his subject matter is the human body, and he takes human anatomy very seriously. Yeah, and uh, he he's very much a a student of um, human anatomy, and that really comes across in his work. Yep, and the. Uh, different spiritual aspects is along with it just not only you know acid but also buddhist christian jewish all these other muslim different uh spiritual backgrounds and hindu especially too and he brings it all into these same lifelike portraits and it shows like different chakras and different energies and stuff but that is what the chapel of sacred mirrors is when you go there it's this hall that has mirrors on each side that are life-size paintings, uh, really well done, full, you know, beautiful paintings of humans that you're supposed to stand and reflect to your body to there to the picture that's there. And he, when we went around, he explains which one each one did, and all these other pictures you pointed out. I pointed out there was a UFO in one, and um, you know, he explains why he included that, and it was just amazing experience and i was not tripping i might have been high but i wasn't <laughs> tripping somebody was though bullwinkle is gonna come back and he's gonna be like i leave for one day and you guys are talking about spirituality <laughs> and hard drugs and, um but you know that's what happens when bull when when, when you, you have kids you know exactly some sometimes uh, Darsh and Batcher have to, you know, you, you, post yeah, the podcast. You can't, you can't watch these kids while you're watching your other kids. So. Right. Yeah. We miss you, Dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, um, I, w there's no more uh, on what's happening. Are you asking me if I'm going to shut the fuck up? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, yes. All right. That's it for what's happening. Uh, next, we are going to treat you guys to an album review of the new Vampire Weekend album, uh, which is called Father of the Bride. Now, I read a Stereo Gum uh, article leading up to this album describing it as a double album. Um, and I was just wondering, does that term really apply anymore? Uh, since, you know, CD um distribution has really kind of disappeared when you say double album you mean it would be on two cds right or two vinyls or i guess two vinyls that's but... where it came from so this is probably on two vinyls right if well it was released it, on it so it's about 58 minutes worth of music i think that's more that would be more than two vinyls uh you could fit couldn't you fit uh, like 15 on each side of uh, vinyl, right? And at least. And so that would give you a half hour on one and a half hour on the other. That's 60 minutes, right? True. Um, and come to think of it, the uh, the Beatles' White Album is about that long, and that, that's a double album. So. Yeah, and so is Salutations think, right. uh, by Connor. Right, right. Uh, 
uh, anyway, uh, the the album itself is uh, 18 tracks, um, each of which uh, is pretty short. I think the longest track on the album is about five minutes long. And uh, going into, uh, I went into this album knowing that the tracks um, or that this album was going to be pretty dense. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that each song um, is very unique, uh, with perhaps the exception of the first four to five songs, uh, which are all very like pretty acoustic um, folk pop um, renditions. Um, and then the album changes from there. But I digress. Uh, let me give you guys a little bit of background on who Vampire Weekend really is. Uh, Vampire Weekend are um, they're heavyweights in the indie rock scene um, by this point. Uh, you know, they they came on to the scene, I think it was back in 2010. Um, you know, they their first album had that uh, that one single. It was like -na 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 it was like in every movie. Um, but uh their if second I was album... a rich man yiddy, <laughs> yiddy, yiddy, yiddy. yes that that one um but uh, their second album which i'm more anxious to talk about which is called contra um really pushed them over the edge um creatively and musically and they they've reached they they reached a high level of success with that album um it's one of my favorite albums probably of all time, certainly in the indie genre. Um, and uh, going into this album here, Father of the Bride, I was very much, you know, thinking, is this going to top Contra? Because they had an album um, uh, back in 2013, uh, Modern Vampires of the City. Um, which you know was a, a a fine album but it definitely did not beat uh contra in terms of quality uh and that uh, i should also point out that album came out six years ago so you know we've been without a Vi vampire weekend album for about six years now uh so i listened to this thing and i gotta say it's, it's pretty fantastic uh the I, I was a little bit concerned because uh, going in because the like I said the first four to five songs are very mellow very peaceful um, and it looked like it was going to continue that way um, which you know is fine it, it I, I very much enjoy that kind of music but for it to go on that long would have been probably too much you know I probably would have lost interest after a while. But the amount of variety on this album past that point is just absolutely, uh, it's astounding. And uh, the, the huge, the thing that Vampire Weekend has really been known for has been their um, obvious musical literacy and their... Um, their knack for getting extremely unique sounds to get put into these uh, 
these songs, which and the, afterwards they just sound so silky smooth and pre, like, pr the production is so good, and the um, it, it really it kind of makes me mad because I wish I could make songs that at that level. Um, so I kind of, you know, am a little bit envious there, but, uh, you know, they, they definitely keep that up on this album. They bring in all kinds of songs, um, featuring world music, uh, you know, African beats, um, kind of Mixolydian Indian sounding, uh, harmonic minor. That's uh, yes, the Indian uh, sounded one. Right. right. That's the Middle Eastern one. Uh, but there's um, lots of strings brought in. Ew, my 12 string needs to be tuned. Uh, why, don't, why don't I show you the song that I'm thinking about? Why don't you cue up uh, the song uh, Rich Man at about uh, 52 seconds? Okay. interesting yeah so that that really reminds me of um you know the song within you without you by the beatles no never heard it oh <laughs> uh, well okay you mean the, but, the covered uh, pearl jam i hate you so much uh <laughs> but uh it really reminds me of the string part in that song which is you know, yeah kinda, it does kind of kind of gives you that the sitar kind of east east indian kind of vibe yeah um and then uh, they do they play with electronic sounds as well, like on the song 2021. Uh, if you just play, you know, the intro to that Badger, uh, you'll sure, sure, you, you'll hear what I'm talking about. Chick. Twenty twenty one, we think about me. I could wait a but I shouldn't wait three. Nice. Yeah, so and they just make it sound so good. Yeah, uh, the, the production yeah. quality's up there. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, producer, his name is Ariel Renstade. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but uh, it's pronounced he, bull, uh, Badger. <laughs> he and the lead singer of the band, Ezra uh, Koenig, um, they produce every song on the album, uh, virtually every song on the album together. Nice. Um, <laughs> fun fact, Ezra Koenig uh, dates Rashida Jones. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, she is uh, Karen from The Office and Anne from Parks and Recreation. Also, daughter of uh, legendary musician Quincy Jones. Nice. Um, yeah, fun fact. Uh, and the, a lot of the songs on this album are actually about her. So, uh, you know, I love Rashida Jones, so that makes it kind of cool for me. Um, but at, the, um, at that point in the 
uh, album where, you know, the sweet um, acoustic pop kind of fades away and we get into more interesting sounds. Um, every song feels like, you know, what am I going to hear next? And I kept, the first time I listened to the album, I kept looking at the track listing and seeing where I was and being like, how did I get to this point musically? Um, it, it's really like kind of, kind of a, a journey. Um, and the, the quality of the songs is really good. You know, uh, Ezra really flexes his muscles as both a multi-instrumental, multi-instrumentalist and a songwriter. Um, we have a few features from uh, Danielle Hyam. I, I believe I'm pronouncing that cor correctly from the band Hyam. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but uh, they exploded onto the indie scene a couple years ago uh, with their hit song, The Wire. Um, and she plays, uh, you know, counterpoint to Ezra's voice on a couple of great tunes on this album. Most notably, uh, the song Married in a Gold Rush, uh, which has this very like bright eyes kind of um, like counterpoint, like it's almost like a country song. Right. Uh, it's a little more um, polished, less raw, less raw than a bright eyes song. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's very much in that vein. And she does a great job. Her, her voice sounds great um and uh it, it was very cool to hear uh ezra sing with someone else because they harmonize very nicely um they also lost so uh historically vampire weekend was a four-piece band um but somewhere between their release of their uh the album previous to this and this album, they lost uh, one of their members. So I believe that, yeah, at least it's my impression, that she was brought in to sort of fill that uh, musical spot. And I think she does a great job. Uh, you know, she's on uh, the opening track, uh, Hold You Now, which is sort of this sweet, um, you know, uh, acoustic uh, love song. Um, she's on Married in the Gold Rush, which I just uh, mentioned. And uh, another love song later in the track listing called We Belong Together. Um, it, it's, you know, beautiful songs uh, and they they really do a great job. Um, the Probably my favorite song on the record is a track called How Long, which uh, Badger, I'm going to ask you to play. Uh, Tough choice, don't make me laugh. My life's a joke, your life's a gas. You broke my heart, the midnight mass. Now I'm the ghost of Christmas past. The only choice you gave to me is one I took reluctantly. Cause when we played democracy, you always take immunity. So uh, from, from that little clip, you can kind of hear, you know, they, they're very much... Uh, they can, while they have all this other worldly, um, like all this, all these different sounds coming in, they very much have that uh, indie rock kind of vibe going for them. And uh, they bring in like surf guitars and, um, you know, great um, 
like slide guitars. It it, it sounds amazing. Um, the uh, last song I want to talk about, which is the last song on the uh, record, is called Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. Um, and it's just this cool little uh, outro song. Um, it, it sort of talks about um, what the world could be and uh, how you know, the state of the sort of socioeconomic, um, like state of affairs today has sort of fallen into the trash, but we could definitely, um, uh, take the world that we live in and make it a beautiful place. At least that's how I interpret the song. Uh, if you interpret it differently, please let us know in, in our comments section, um, or support us on Patreon. Yep. And yeah, uh, you know, uh, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. I give it a strong B plus. Nice. Yeah. So give it a listen. Let us know if you love it. Let us know if you hate it. And, you know, just uh, put your voice out there. That is it for my album review. Uh, Badger, I believe you wanted to discuss some movies in the music space. Yeah. So a couple new documentaries came out recently, uh, both on Netflix, actually. So uh, Netflix doesn't pay us yet, but Netflix, Patreon. Um, it's, it's, it's time to cash in yeah. on this Netflix. Yeah, we have all those listeners out there. Hi, Colton. <laughs> um, so uh, first one is Devil Remastered, Devil at the Crossroads. So this one is about... Robert Johnson, the pioneer blues musician, guitarist. Uh, he Famously, is, uh, you know, there's the rumor that this sold to the devil. Right. So he, that's why the name is Devil at the Crossroads, because of the whole story about him going to mm. the crossroads. Or it was really about, uh, in this, in the, it tells the legends of when he disappears, he starts out being a, not so good, like mediocre guitar player who Sunhouse and some of these musicians, the pioneering blues musicians just kind of blew off as some kid playing their guitars. They didn't want them him messing it up and detuning and stuff and breaking strings. So he was kind of disheartened. He went out, disappeared and nobody knew what happened to him. He came back and was brilliant played chords like nobody else he could just uh play open tuning he could play all those you know beautiful blues uh, chords that really define the genre and it turned out he really went out and he apprenticed himself to a, another blues guitar player i'm losing his name right now it was a couple days ago i watched it but it's this documentary explores all his life from back then and unfortunately he only created one album it plays a couple songs from there and but Taj Mahal comes on and talks about different things Bonnie Raitt uh Keb Moe all these different people come in talk about his inspiration on them his influence on them but it's all centered around that going to the crossroads with the guitar in my hands and the tall man in a suit and you give him the guitar and he tunes it and he takes your soul 
and then you become a good guitar player. That's been, you know, Reed's hold throughout. Everybody, you know, that's how I became a good guitar player. But oh uh, yeah, but you know, he got a bad deal because the soul, you know, I had already split it into seven parts, uh, <laughs> actually six parts. But I didn't realize that that seventh part, the horror crooks, uh, you know, it went into the kid. I was like, uh, but shit happens that that that's a whole nother story it is that would, it is it would take a long time for you to tell yeah. that story oh did i just reveal myself uh, my no, real name's badger my name's badger no brave badger brave badger no more no morts out there um so yeah that was the first movie i would really check that one out the animation in it is really killer it like blends live action you know talking and documentary with these beautiful uh, artistic animation sequences and it's on netflix it is great it just came out april 26th uh, 2019 and yeah the other one is a little bit uh for more adult audiences this first one was more for uh it's not your kind of adult movie darsh First of all, it is. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it is a uh, a. It's called the grass is greener. It is uh, was released on 420 um, on Netflix, so you can kind of get the the more drift of where this one is going. Uh, right. So it is guided by hip hop legend Fab Five Freddy, and the documentary discusses uh, cannabis and how jazz musicians were scapegoated and one of the real reasons and the victims of this plant being criminalized and the drug war starting and it's along with fab five freddy he goes along and talks to be real of cypress hill and uh he now hosts bong appetite uh, i'm a fan of this new season you guys should check that one out uh, Snoop Dogg, of course, he has to be in it, uh, along with other attorneys and stuff like that. But they what really won't. Talk... What won't Snoop Dogg show up in? Yeah, he's in everything. Martha Stewart, she was in this yep. movie too, and <laughs> she was because it goes from the jazz musicians. It talks about Duke Ellington, who's saying famously about pot uh, cannabis as junk or jive, and then he also uh, got arrested for it as well as Louis Armstrong, who smoked every day of his life. He was a big, big pot smoker. And part of his contract after he got arrested for possession or for smoking outside a club, uh, he part of his contract was he had to be allowed to smoke or he wouldn't go on tour. He would stay where he was safe in New Orleans. And uh, he just was that was part of his thing he wasn't going to go out somewhere if they just didn't let him billy holiday was also targeted for the same thing mm. and then it goes from the jazz era up to modern day and talks about how the cannabis industry is now booming and how people like uh uh who's the funk funk guy uh clint eastwood Clint Eastwood? <laughs> Clint Eastwood. What? Um, uh, yeah, no, it talks about Bob Marley. It talks about... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's not Clint uh, Are Eastwood. you talking about George Clinton? Yeah, yeah, George Clinton. Bill Clinton. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, no, they talk about George Clinton. Uh, he's going on tour with Fishbone and a bunch of other uh, awesome funk bands, by the way. But Grass is Greener, I was very ent- entertained when I watched it. Um, but I tried to go watch it, and I realized I'm out of weed, so I did not rewatch it because it just made me sad. But uh, I digress. So, so you, yeah, you died grass. I I died grass, and that's why I'm out. <laughs> it's I can't smoke it now that it's all like blue with like polka dots. Like I thought it was Easter egg on 420. Like you're supposed to do that to decorate your house, and turns out. It's not the best best idea I've ever had. Huh. Not the worst, but um the so, score Brooks's uh, were pretty bad. Uh back for a second, back onto that Robert Johnson thing. Uh <laughs> yeah. have you ever seen have you ever seen uh Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Of that course. Movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know that uh the guitar player that they pick up is based off of Robert Johnson? Uh-huh. Yeah. That if, if anyone listening hasn't seen that movie, uh, it's so good. Uh, there's a lot of great music, um, you know, folk and early country music in that movie. John Goodman um, was in that movie. Yeah, John Goodman wasn't was in that movie. Clint Eastwood um, was in that movie. He was not in that movie. No, <laughs> Jimmy it's, Cliff. Uh... Wait, uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's uh... a it's a it's an adaptation of the odyssey i believe it Uh, is and it takes place in uh the american south in the 1920s um somewhere around that time somewhere somewhere around then yeah uh and it's amazingly entertaining movie you you should totally go watch it yeah um and these other words so check them out yes uh as for that uh what what was the name of the the marijuana one? It's not marijuana. That is a racist term. They talk about it in the movie that it was always cannabis, and then they used marijuana because it sounded more Mexican. And I didn't realize I was being racist. I well, apologize. <laughs> you know, we already got censored because our last episode we featured a uh, a prominent uh, historical racist out there and. Uh, you know oh yes martha stewart won't talk to us anymore um well um that that's unfortunate you know it's she a good was thing. uh she was lined up to be a guest on the show but yeah right after herbie hancock yeah but uh it was called grass is greener okay yeah grass is greener uh find it on netflix yep uh you won't regret it you won't um so, Badger, you uh, got anything else for us? Nope. Oh, okay. Go home, everybody. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. So, I was browsing through the Badger's Den the other day, and I saw a picture of this guitar that had all these little holes or widget things in it. And I was like, what did they do to that guitar? And then I realized... It has holes where you can screw these metal locks on it and use them like as capos for each individual string. So one string could be like on the second fret, one string could be on like the third fret, and one could be on like the third fret of the E string, uh, the high E. And you can make like a G chord 
and have that as your open tuning. And so if you can imagine the possibilities of being able to even um, put two capos on there for the E minor and have the E minor be your uh, bass, basically, to play around, uh, there's all these different possibilities that you could jam around if you just do simple scales and that the capos were on those certain strings. It it's blew my mind. It, I want it. And so I went and I got my Les Paul and <laughs> I drilled into the beautiful maple fretboard and turns out that's not how they're made. So <laughs> who does make them? Um, it's actually a GoFundMe type thing. Let me see. Uh, Kickstarter. Uh, okay. So it is by Gillis and they make both a basic dreadnought guitar and, uh, which goes up to the 12th fret with these capos, uh, and also just a regular size body guitar, uh, made out of solid spruce top. So it gives you that nice clean sounds uh with the rosewood sides in the back so it's affordable uh it looks like it's about two thousand dollars for one which is not crazy for a high-end guitar but i don't know how high-end the uh the actual guitar is itself but that capability to just capo wherever you want is pretty interesting uh, there's a video you can find it on uh, newatlas.com slash Gillis Capo Guitars. There's a article out there, and uh, it was interesting. They have a video showing some of the possibilities. Sounds very cool. Uh, I would certainly like to play around with that. Um, you can play you on know, my I, Les Paul. <laughs> well, it, we'll we'll see how good of a job you did. I think I lost um, like uh, it lost like five or six pounds. Yeah, that guitar yeah, is really that, heavy. That, that sounds like too much, though, even if you're you must have drilled a lot of holes. Well, I thought maybe if the, the fretboard didn't work, I could try to put capos in the body of the guitar and that didn't work. So I just started drilling holes throughout the whole thing. And so, you know how it has like a frame around it? I do. Uh, it used to have a frame around it. Um, <laughs> now it's just kind of strings and a and a. Uh, bridge and some wires hanging out and um, it looks kind of like all right that's all the time we have today for those of you that are listening at home thank you for joining uh, Badger and myself uh, like I said before, uh, Bullwinkle and the Fox will be rejoining us on our next episode. So stay tuned. You uh, don't want to miss those guys. And uh, that's it. I'll see you. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. 12 Bar News Podcast was recorded at 12 Years Dungeon Studios in Trenton, New Jersey. The sound engineer, Jeff Damon, webmaster, Daniel Marshall. Resident Iowan, Mike Stanley, and your host slash delinquent, Patrick Stofflet. Thanks for tuning in. 12 years dungeon! <laughs>